Welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast, presented by MAP Apparel, Melbourne Company. My name is Alex Clemens. I'm here with Campbell Flakemore. And later on in the show, Thomas Hamilton will be joining us for the Continental Breakfast. Cambo, if you crash in MAP's kit, they've got a policy where they will give you 40% off your next set of kit. All you have to do is send them a photo. So, yeah, it's good, huh? It is good, huh? You can go full gas on the downhill with uh, no worry about crashing in your map kit. Not that we're uh, suggesting going full gas on the downhill, but you can do that. Yeah, well, it's, pro- it's probably more getting out there and racing in it. It's, pro- it's probably more the incentive. The local the local club crits in Melbourne or wherever, you're, wherever you're, you are you're, in the world. You'll, you'll be saddling up for those this summer, no doubt, Alex? Uh, probably not. Probably not. I have been riding my bike, though. That's good. Today, uh, we're going to talk about, this is, this is a Tuesday night, we're recording it, in uh, the Stanley Street Social Headquarters, and we're going to talk about the, the Stage 1, the team's time trial, Stage 2 and Stage 3, heading into Stage 4 tonight. Uh, Would you say that we're currently in the studio? Yeah, we're in the studio, or as much in the studio as you get. I guess there's soundproofing on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, cameras. There's cameras, there's microphones. there's microphones, home turf. Stage one, though, it's the team's time trial. It didn't, didn't disappoint. It was pretty uh, Walter fashion, mm. a- accidentally. Yeah, was it some woman um, watering her garden? Water seeped onto a bit of a chicane where the boys are doing 50K plus. And two teams properly been at UAE and Jumbo Visma, who apparently were scorching the course. Two notable teams. Two notable teams, and not only were they affected, but also um, De Koenig Quickstep, who finished second at two seconds behind Astana, were caught behind the Lotto car that was... Oh, sorry, not the Lotto car, the Jumbo Visma car that was attending their riders on the ground. So there was a bit of... A bit of a mess there, but it, it's the welter. This is this is what happens. It's a spaghetti western, um, and it was the first day, and there was carnage. So uh, full credit to Astana, I guess, for winning. They had a pretty pretty good list. Probably wouldn't have tipped them to win a team time trial with an average of fifty four k an hour. Uh, with Superman, you got the Izagire Bros, uh, Frave. I guess your workhorses there are probably Sanchez and Buaro. Um, but yeah, a bit, a bit of a surprise, I think, for for Astana to to take the chockies in a TTT. And did you see Superman Lopez though on the front at the end? He looked he looked good. Well, he he did look good, and he sort of backed it up the next day um, when he was left on his own, having to do the chasing, uh, yeah. which we'll get to in a sec. But I mean, we we expected him to be. I think we both tipped him to win the welter overall. So what what were your tips again? Couldn't tell you to be honest. I would think it was Superman to win. Um, couldn't tell you. I, I, went with yeah. Super, I went with Superman to win uh, Roglic second, Uran third. I think he had Valverde on the podium. He had Valverde. Maybe it was Roglic second. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, all in all, the, the two big talking points were Jumbo Visma, 75% of the team, flattening themselves on that wet tarmac mm-hmm. through the chicane, and UAE, all bar one rider, didn't hit the deck, but he's still unclipped, so... A bit of a nightmare for them too. Yeah, with I mean, Aru 
Max's Smokey from mm. memory. And he was good on stage two. But it wasn't complete disaster. I mean, it was a minute seven loss for UAE and 40 seconds for Jumbo Visma. So it's not tour ending, but it's not a great place to be starting. Mm. Some other notables, Sunweb were good. EF were good. Probably the the two kind of standouts, I guess. Sunweb, they were the world champions, was it last year or the year before? I can't remember. And, and EF with a climbing group were, were very good. Rob Power? Was there in the finish? Yeah, he was. It looks Tradition, shock, traditionally, shocking on a TT bike. Yeah, well, traditionally always looks shocking on a TT bike, but it, more, to, more to the point, he was there in the finish. Mm. Well, he's been training for three grandies this year, so he's finally uh, saddled up for this one. Yeah, he started the Giro. I think he got four or five stages in, so he'll be chewing at the bit for this. And I wouldn't think he'd have too much responsibility. Wilco Keldon would probably be doing a little bit of a GC, but I think Rob will, Rob will, uh, will get his chances. Stage two... Looking at the parkour, it's it's not easy, but you'd probably say, yeah, we'd probably have a bunch kick heading into it. Uh, a bunch it was, kick per se, 30 or 40 guys arriving. Mm, but it was far from it. We had one of the GC favourites throwing his hands up in the air for the victory in Naro Quintana. I was, uh, it was a big night of sport, actually. I was watching the Premier League. Man City were on at the early game. Watched that. Then the Ashes were on. Incredible finish which, uh, yeah, we probably won't talk about this being an Australian podcast. And then energy was still up from that, so I flicked over to the Welch at the last 15 Ks. The selection had already been made, and I was like, what's going on here? It's stage two, uh, Quintana, Roglic, Uran, Aru are up the road in a group by themselves. No Superman. He was left on his own, um, which, looking at the team... A starter board. He should not have been left on his own. There was a lot of guys oh, on, the, if, on, on the wheel that probably aren't as good as Fulsang or Lewis Leon Sanchez. You're probably expected to be there. So it's a big, big mess for them early. Even for him to put himself in the group, like yeah, with any with no teammates. Yeah, get in the group, mate. It wasn't. It wasn't like the GC favourites missed it. It was a group of ten. Like all these competitors were there. Yeah, they were, and. Um, Nico Roach. Nico Roach took the red jersey. Yeah. He was second on the stage. This guy, like, he, he just gets results like this that just kind of keeps his career going a little bit. He's 35 now. What was his last victory? I think he had a stage at this race 2015. Looking at um, looking at his results. There was a national championship in 2016. Um, third in China in 2017. So... He's been a he's been a loyal rider for teams over the years. BMC, Team Sky, Tinkoff. Like he's been on some big lists. To put things into context, he's kicked things off with Cofidis in two thousand and four. Yeah. And he's had Credit Agricole, AG Tour, Team Saxo Bank, Tinkoff, uh, Sky, BMC, and now somewhere like he's he's gone through the ranks. Yeah. And um he's found himself in a leader's jersey. Yeah, just, in a, a grand just another tour. tick, just another tick for thirty five. To his credit, he always throws his keys in the bowl. He's always trying. He's always trying to do something in the tour. I think he was there a few times as well. So mm. he's someone that's never ever going to die trying. And I guess you no know, full credit to him. He's thirty five. He's not getting any younger. Um, so for him to see uh, a leader's jersey in a grandy this age, it's it's nothing but hats off. I guess. Stage three, uh, another bunch kick on the paper. 
this time we actually saw a bunch kick. Mm. Uh, and we talked we talked about it in the preview with Max. Sam Bennett was that good at Bing Bang Tour. He's in Super Nick and he delivered as well. And that was a bloody fast finish. That last K yeah. must have been 50-odd seconds. It just zoomed past. Um, he had some good support there with uh, Jempi Duruka. Uh, but Trek were probably the most organised and Edward Toons was their kind of designated sprinter. But in the end, I think it was two or three lengths that Sammy Bennett won by. No one got close. Luca Mezgech was coming coming quite quick in the last 30, 40 metres, but it was all too late. And I think Sam Bennett, every bunch gallop that he attends, he's going to be winning by two or three lengths. Mm. I, don't, I don't see any anyone else getting close. Maybe if Jakobsen can get his run... Time nicely, you'll probably be one that can go close. Mm, well, Jakobson got distance on that last climb, as well as Fernando Gaviria, the mm. other unknown from. Yeah, he's just been back just in Colombia. Got, just got hooped on the climb. Uh, not good, Nick. Not good condition for this kind of tour where there's always unknown, there's always lumpy terrain, there's no yeah. defined bunch kicks. It might be one or two, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, it's not good signs for him, not good signs for UAE, especially after their team time trial. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that kind of sums up their year, though. <laughs> well, like we said, though, with the podcast with Max, they've signed a lot of good young riders. So I guess things are only looking up for them. But for now, I think they're just going to have to try and salvage something out of this tour. But yesterday, stage two, Aru did look good. Mm. And, he put him, and he put himself in the move. For the first time in a long time, Aru's actually looked really good at the front of a race with, with other big names there. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Aru, but I, I guess it would be nice to see him back to the front because he is quite exciting. And I remember the Giro 2016, he was really lighting things up in the last week. So he does make racing exciting, but I wouldn't say I'm the biggest fan. The the only other talking point from this, who the guy that was leaving, leading out, Edward Toons, Degenkolb has signed for Lotto Sudal. So he's another man on Caleb mm. Ewan's squad. Perfect lead out man, I think, Jay Degenkolb. Oh, you see the job he did for Toons was pretty mm. good. Someone that can go from long range, uh, quick, strong. I think he kind of... Experienced. Experienced. He's probably... what's he, He's not even that old, but it almost seems like he's coming to yeah. that, that twilight of his career where he's like, I don't want to be a leader anymore. Go help a young see Ewan. But potentially build out that classic squad with Philippe also going there. Well, yeah, signing three years. Did we go through this with Max? Three years yeah. for Gilbert, who's not young anymore. I thought no. maybe one or two, but a three-year deal. We know what happened with his long-term deal at BMC. He didn't really get a whole lot out of himself. Um, I'm not sure what the reasons were. Maybe he was just quite complacent or, or what, I don't know. But it seems like when it's contract year, he, he comes up comes up big, and he did this year, so... He's a good guy, so I hope it, it all works out for him. You bros, eh? Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I got on with Phil Jill. He was he was a good man. And I guess the only other transfer news, not transfer news, retirement news is Kittles hanging up the boots, mm. which was, it was written on the wall. Yeah. But you, there was all that, was it a, a little element of unknown? I think when you're someone of his... Um, his status, and you you pull the ripcord halfway through the year. I think the writing is on the wall, like you just said. I don't think he was ever really coming back. I think he seems quite happy um, to be not racing his bike at the highest level. So, yeah, it's a bit of a loss, but I guess we're not really short of young sprinting talent at the moment in world cycling. So, 
that, yeah. that that would be part of it too. The mentality coming Possibly. back is like, like I'm going to have to go head to head with you and Grunewig yeah. and Gaviria. Like these kids are willing to risk it all. I'm, yeah, I've done that. And <laughs> he's, he, I wouldn't say the year is because he pulled out so early in the year and had a, didn't have a great year with Katusha. That makes it tough. But he, you'd almost say he's going out on the top. He's going out on the up. I think yes. Yeah, it's not like he's um, you know thirty five still trying to box yeah. on. He's, he's which, in his... which is could be the real, reality if he does try and come back and yeah go head to head with you. And let's get on to the questions. Um, and we'll start on the Facebook with maybe our most loyal questioner, Jethro Nagel. Mm. He's back again. The welter always unearths or brings light to a new GC talent. Last year showed mass. Uh, who is going to be this year's emerging GC talent? I like Martinez. Yeah, I think we kind of touched on this a little bit last week, and I think we went with Sergio Higuita from EF Education. Did you see his sprint the other day? Yeah. Yeah, he's quick. What? He's quick. He is quick. And also, I think Podger, Podger Carr from UAE, the winner of the Tour of Avenir last year. Yes, he's young. But he's won some big races this year, including Cali and um, the Portuguese tour in the early part of the year. I can't remember the name, but um, Algarve, tour of Algarve. So I think he might he might throw him uh, throw himself into some into some moves. I'm not sure about GC wise, but maybe some big mountain days. Mm. He might he might look towards those, especially now that he's already lost a, a bucket load of time. Is Hugh Carthy still in that bucket? He he was good. He started he was, started he, stage two. Yeah, he did. He was he was very active. He kicked things off a little bit like the tour when um, EF threw it all down and mm. uh, didn't make the split. At least they had Rigo in the split this time, but Hugh Carthy didn't make it. But I think Hugh Carthy's probably I like, another one I'd throw. I like I like EF. I like him a lot. Mm. On to the Insta, uh, Mad Mad underscore Mantis. Will Sam Bennett still? Oh, with Sam Bennett still yet to sign for next year, where do you see as his most likely team slash best situation for him? Most likely team's probably been laid out by the media in quick step. Yep. And maybe the best situation too for him? Possibly. Um, I mean, I guess with Viviani he, he, moving with on. With Viviani out, he could become an absolute superstar. Yeah. And Viviani could drop off the face of the earth. Yep. But where does that leave uh, Jakobsen and Hodge? Hodgey? They're both young. I guess Bora this year they've gone, they've gone the Giro with Ackerman, they've gone the Tour with Sagan, and they've gone to the Welter with Bennett. Yeah, I think it's probably the best the best fit. If you look at all the other teams, um, you know maybe Dimension Data with Cav. Probably moving on. They got Nizolo there, who's who's a who's a tier three kind of sprinter, maybe tier two. Um, CCC, if you want it all for you. Yeah, exactly. With no help whatsoever. Nah. Um, so I think I think probably to Kernick, quick step, and and yeah, I think like you just said, those Jakobsons and Hodges are probably still a little bit young to step up into a genuine a young lead pups. lead sprinter role. So I think probably quick step looks like the most obvious. Uh, from time and space. This kind of, this, we might actually talk about this one with Tom. We'll put this one on hold. Uh, underscore N Ross, if you could change or improve anything in the Propel, Tom, what would it be? 
I know you're real strong on it. You have a real strong opinion, but just having one race on at a time, um, and I guess this isn't in the pro peloton as such, but just provide some sort of platform where you can pay $5 a month and you can watch any race you like, something that's easy for people to access because at the moment it's a dog show. Um, so I think that's probably the, the main thing that can be can be worked on. What do you think? On that, Alex, what's your answer to that question? Yeah, I think I agree, which, which comes back to the bigger picture of someone owns the whole thing so you can sell the whole thing, you can deliver the whole thing as one. But, yeah, multiple – like, even at the moment, there's Denmark on and some yeah. other bits and pieces of the time. What, who's going to be following that? No one. Put, I mean, it, put it all on, all, at one, all on at once. I think yeah. that these – the biggest thing that drives me up the wall, trying to follow all these random-ass little races. Like, did you know that um, – <laughs> Hamburg was on. No, not really. Yesterday, not really. I, Viviani I did. Won I, I did because I saw it in the in the pro cycling stats, but I had no idea that it was on beforehand. Yeah, exactly. I think that that would be it. Clear, just, a clear cut season. Just FYI, it was Viviani ahead of Ewan and Ewan, Nizzolo, yeah. who's yeah. always good for a third at best. Yeah. Um, Joseph Ingles can Quintana pump out a good GC result. Yes. Of course. Of course he can. He's he's won Grand Tours in the past. I think we've been giving him a, maybe a little bit of heat. I think I was off him a bit with the podcast we did last week. Saying how, how, how good was him racing on stage too, though? It was like, it looked like he was a young pup. Yeah. Throwing it down. Yeah. I mean, he he got a little bit lucky that uh, Uran just let the wheel go and there was that hesitation, but he was the but first. But he, he did. He, he was the first he put one. put it down. He was the first one to try. So I think in the, in the Tour de France, he was still eighth. So he can still he can still do a, do a good general, and he's only twenty nine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which we forget. He seems seems like he's about thirty eight. Yeah, minimum. Uh, Jake Shepard, live cross to M dot Gorn. Yep, we'll do our best to make that happen. He heads over to the Welter soon. Ben Giddis, is the Wolfpack mentality a thing at Quickstep? And do you think it could relate to Gaviria's now? Now that Gaviria's on UAE and sliding out the back door on stage three. As in talking about Gaviria's performance relative to him departing the Wolfpack? Possibly. I mean... I think yes. I think it's... Yeah. It's a, it's a proven theory now. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Viviani when he leaves. Because, because he went from Sky being good to up the, uh, super high. Yeah. He's, no, he's, he's going to go down. He's, it's going to go pear-shaped. I guess when Marcel left Quickstep as well... It all kind of went downhill mm. for him. So I guess Gaviria hasn't hit the heights of what he was at at Quick Step. I'm sure he's getting paid much more, but I mean that won't last too long if he keeps in the long, long, long term performing, it performing like he is now. So there might there might definitely be something in that. Joe IV on Insta, Roglic is Roglic at risk of burning out in the first two weeks, like the Giro, considering his route this year and the unpredictability of the race. It's always possible. Yeah. It depends. Depends what sort of uh, approach he takes. I think I said he's in, our, in he's our preview. I think there might be too much climbing for him, not enough TTing, and it doesn't help losing uh, forty seconds on stage one either. So I don't think he's going to blow up. I just think the park is not a too tour hard. for him. Yeah, for uh, mine. Wow. Um, here we go. Adam Feeling has written a short, short form essay on the Instagram. We love the questions. But this is long. Not necessarily a question to be specific to La Vuelta, but what's 
the antidote to mundane, cliche-ridden and vanilla interview responses from athletes that seem to be common in cycling? I guess people, there's media training and things like that nowadays and people don't want to get in, in trouble for for saying anything out of line and everything these days is is put under the microscope. So you can see why people don't want to come out. And and, and Philo goes on to say about, obviously, a lot of cycling is there's a lot of non-English speakers. One, can't speak another language, but I imagine it's hard to interview in another language. Mm-hmm. Um, but then two, you look at the sports like the NBA, where the... Where the it's cycling within cycling there's a culture NBA there's a culture that you're well, first of all they're all Americans they're all quite confident mostly Americans but second of all there's a, there's a culture of like you say you're good like you say geez I was good today I crushed it um cycling's very conservative very oh I've got my media manager standing over there I've got my team hat on I've got my sponsor hat on mm. I've got my personal brand hat on, and by the time you get underneath that, you just get bland answers. Yeah, you're thanking the team for them doing Not nothing. Much. I think Brad Wiggins is probably a good example of a cyclist who kind of said it how it was. Cavs, similar. Grant Thomas seems pretty good as well. So there's still a, a few good guys out there that are happy to say things how they are, but overall it's, it is it is bland. And to answer the question, I don't know what the antidote is, Adam. I think it's, yeah. cult- it's a culture thing. Is the answer for me. Uh, old mate Paul, what is your take on TGH and Paul's arriving 10 minutes down on stage two? Bit of a surprise. I think they had Dela Cruz in a in the one-minute group. Two, or, yeah, it's two minutes like minute or something. Too far off the pace. Interesting that they don't have a uh, an, a genuine GC man. I thought, thought yeah, Gergen Hart probably would have been in that second group at least. Um but who knows? Maybe they're just going to be targeting stages from now it's on. It's, which a, is it's a, an unknown tactic, though, for Team yeah, Sky slash Ineos now. For the Empire. For the Empire. Um, James Fitzgerald, what was with Jumbo Visma sending two guys up in the break with their po- podium ambitions? I guess the only explanation is to take the pressure off. <laughs> take the pressure off, you know. Send send the man up the road. You take the pressure off the boys in the bunch. Yeah. But that does not apply in these early days. It doesn't at all. I guess. So there's no explanation. No, and like Trek sending guys up the road in the Tour de France when they've got Richie Port. It just the, doesn't look The only good. thing it communicates to me is they don't have confidence in their riders. Mm. But then they obviously do it at the same time because they're laying it down on... Um, this this sprinter, the the defined welter sprinter stages. So to be honest, I don't know. Um, James Cummings has asked. So Marcel is gone. What are your thoughts on Cav for the next twelve months? Has there been anything released? Is he going around again? I, I imagine he will. Um, maybe he's going to kind of transition out, doing some track. Some track races. Take the Wigo exit. Kind, yeah, maybe not, not to kind of the level of Wigo, like targeting Roubaix and then Tokyo's Tokyo's coming up. Maybe might get back on the boards, um, in some way, shape, or form. Probably not a team pursuit, but you know, the six days, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, might that's the way you might be going out. But for road sprinting, I don't know. I have we, have we seen the end of of M Cavendish? If, if in the Grand Tour was possibly. If you were Cav, what would you want to do? Would you be concerned about going out in a high? I think it'd have to be a little bit. Although I think 
You're also you, you're, you're Mark Cavendish. If you, like, went, if you went 30 stages of the Tour de France, I imagine it's going to be pretty hard to um, to af- negatively affect your legacy. You're going to have to do something pretty bad. Imagine if you won one more stage. It'd be pretty cool. It would be. But, I mean, saying it now in, in August 2019, I don't see it happening. No. No, sadly for him. All right, 30 is probably enough. It's time to welcome the third guest. Sit down, get comfortable, and get ready to delve into the strange and beautiful world of continental cycling. The Continental Breakfast. The Continental Breakfast. <laughs> Welcome back, Tom, to the Continental Breakfast. Boys, boys, Cue intro. Boys. Cue intro. Cue the intro. Uh, <laughs> thanks for having me. Are we back with another welter number or are we going rogue? Yeah, no, well, we, we are going rogue, but this team actually has, um, which is actually kind of nice for a change, has like deep roots in <laughs> continental cycling for a change. So we're going to be doing, we're staying in Spain and we're going to be doing Burgos BH, which I love this team straight off the bat, quite simply because their name I can actually pronounce, like roughly, I can, I'm within earshot. So anyway, boys... Uh, Burgos BH, they started in 2006, so they're, they're almost coming up one and a half decades of servicing, I guess, the uh, the continental realms. Um, they started as uh, Vina Magna Cropu. Now, don't know what define that. that. Is. Yeah, good. Yes, define it. No, nah, not possible. <laughs> um, then in 2008, they became Burgos Monumental, which in 2009 they were Burgos Monumental Castilla. Leon, so sponsored by the region. I'm assuming so. I'd, I'd say probably yes. Tradi- Pre- traditional Spanish sponsor. Mm, consistent, region. very consistent. These Spanish teams, 2010 to 11, they were Burgos. Um, Burgos, Cas- Burgos. That's that's solid. That's a good it's, stint. Yeah, no, Burgos. Burgos have been been here well, since 2008 with this team. So anyway, we'll get to that, and then um, pretty much up until today, from 2014. To 2019, they're Burgos BH and they're signed up for next year as well. So they're at least looking, um, at least looking positive moving forward next year. But there's actually, when we get to the interesting, interesting note part of the uh, segment, there's an interesting note about this team. Do you want another intro for that? The interesting note? No, I don't. Well, we can if we want, but I think that's probably going a bit overboard. Uh, my my creative capabilities only expand so far. <laughs> so. Um, Boys, Campbell, start with you. Burgos, what do we think uh, they do as a sponsor? Um, and if we go construction related again, I'm going to lose my mind. We're going to we can expand our horizons. Burgos, chime in, Albie, if you've uh, got anything. Well, so I was going to go out of supplies and go into machinery. Okay, yeah, you'd be was wrong. What I was thinking. <laughs> you'd be wrong. You'd be so wrong. That's all right. uh. Um. Oh, Jesus, I don't even know. Let's go. Go with what you think's obvious. It would be my hint. A cycling brand? No, like even okay. more obvious. Like they're a Spanish cycling team. A... Anyway, what I'll do, I'll uh, I'll put you <laughs> out of your misery. It's not very exciting at all. They are a provincial capital in Spain's autonomous community uh, uh, of Castile yep. and Leon. So they're literally another town. Naming right sponsors of a uh, professional continental cycling team. Astana, Ala, Uskadi. 
Correct. Which these towns must be cashed up. This is the thing, right? I, yes, I didn't know. I didn't think they worked well, in it's Spain. It's not a cheap operation. No, it's, you're right. It's not a cheap operation. But I guess the Tasmanian government, for example, give Hawthorne 15 million True. or whatever it is for a little thing on the jersey. Yeah, but people, what's, what's their people, budget? Maybe three or four million. People maybe? in Tasmania, I imagine, have jobs and work and don't protest twenty four seven. Like they pay taxes, they could probably generate some revenue. Whereas, like when you get in these deep Spanish regions, like everyone's just go to the supermarket at twelve o'clock. You shut up shop for three hours while they go yes. on the ship. Yes, yeah, you, know you are I mean? right. Getting spained. Yeah, proper. Get out. Start banging your pots and pans at midnight to protest. All sorts of things. Anyway, a little bit of a political move. Political mm. movement within the continental breakfast. Yeah, we're this getting all getting all our Spanish listeners offside as well. Yeah. That's right. There's plenty more of that to all come. All the from. Catalonians are currently switched off. <laughs> Probably have the Catalonians on side. I'm guessing. No, I think I would have lost <laughs> them when I started talking Spanish last week. So I think they were long gone. Um, but anyway, an autonomous community, which I thought was just actually interesting. So we're here to learn not just about the uh, the continental world, but it's uh, defined as an area of a country that has a degree of autonomy. So that's great. That's a great description of what an autonomous community is. But I think basically that means it's free from external authority. So I think they're pretty typical to Spain. Rafferty's rules. Yeah. So martial law, play on, do what you want, as long as it can uh, stays in the confines of your autonomous community. Jesus. So, is it a, what? Sounds like a cult. Yeah, but there's heaps of them in Spain, though, apparently. I did a bit of research. I got, I got sidetracked. But... Um, so anyway, so I'm just I'm just looking up where where it actually is located geographically. Pretty sure within Spain, pretty far up north would be my guess. Feels like the far like you know you go north and it just goes rogue. You know that's where um, well there the Basque Country is. I guess sl- Catalonia's yeah. north uh, northeast. I think they're asleep down south and they're busy up north. Um, all right, BH. I think this one's pretty straightforward. Bike, bike company, bike brand. Yep. Okay. Us go. Yep. That's the first one you boys have ever actually got. Like, bang on the money. You've been close, but this is... Well, it's a pretty obvious one, yeah. too. It's not a cement company. Bon- Industry. Bonus point, what year did they start manufacturing bikes? Um, 1996. I'm going to go 2002. These boys have been pumping out bikes since 1909. 1909? I didn't, I didn't believe that either. That's crazy. I didn't That's think they set up factories to the 80s. I see. I, um, I, I thought they were like a, a Taiwanese kind of new age. No, Spanish. Start shop Spanish. kind of that makes sense. bike brand. Spanish bike. I think BH is, I think the initials of the bloke who started the company. Um, all right, moving on. Big star, who to look out for. So mm-hmm. I'm going to let the listeners make the call on this one because there's too many great riders <laughs> to choose from. Starting with number 181, Angel Madrazo. Uh, in 2011, he got fifth in the Grand Premier Miguel Indurain. The next year was his next best result in the Grand Premier Miguel <laughs> Indurain, where he actually ran a drum. He got third. Good on him. No, nah, not, not bad at all. Full credit. Um, number 182, Jetsy Boll. Now, this guy is a... Genuine duchy. Where are you getting these numbers from? This is on the start list. Okay. So this is their actual race numbers in the Volta. This is Walter numbers. Yeah, this is, this is yep, fresh off the press. He rode with Rabobank, uh, Rabobank, Rabobank, Conti. Be good to get in his rain jacket on and off. Mm. Mm, yeah, dead set. So rode with Rabo Conti and in the Pro Tour team, then for Blanco, then for Balkan, 
and then just back to Derike. Back to Derike. That's always not a good <laughs> backpedal. No, no, it's not. You want to be going you're from Derike to Ravo. You're coming through Derike. That's when you yeah. know you're good. Yeah, good. But going back to Derike. You don't be going back to Derike. That's, ta- that's a big task ahead. So for him, it's just been a nice steady decline back in the lap of Burgos BH, which we love. He's <laughs> uh, he's. Um, Teammate number 183, Oscar Cabedo. He got seventh in a stage last year. So I think that was possibly the best result for the team as well in last year's race. Um, all right. <laughs> number 184. I don't know if that's Jorge or George uh, Cubero. I think you're probably Campbell. right firstly, Tom. Jorge. <laughs> Jorge. Jorge. Really? See, I'm actually I'm pretty stoked about that. Anyway, this bloke's, no idea, this bloke's best results are DNF. Um, quite serious. There was nothing on his Palmeiras. Uh, but mind you, it was better than his teammate, number 185, Jesus Esquera. His best results are, did not start. <laughs> he, um, yep, that's as it would appear on his uh, results sheet. Number 186, Nuno Bico. So this bloke used to ride for a movie start. Now, rumour, right? There's a rumour going around. Definitely unquantifiable, but what? his dad must own movie star because quite seriously. <laughs> Who's the name again? Por favor. Nuno Bico, number 186 in this year's race because there is no way he should ever have ridden for movie star. His result sheet. Ah, oh, he's Portuguese. Portuguese. His result sheet is emptier than a divorced bloke's pantry. Dead set, there is niente on that <laughs> result sheet. Um, let's, just, you know, let's have a look at his year pre the movie star. Because that's probably where you're going to be thinking, okay, maybe he's done a lot in that year. It tells you up the top. It gives got, you a summary got of the his contract. But anyway. Um, he's ran third in the national uh, Seventh Portuguese. at Riege, based on Riege, under, under Venti Trey. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought. Is that enough? Oh, no, you 100% should have got a gig on Movie Star, one of the best world tour teams. Like, dead set, <laughs> no, you're right. No, I no, stand corrected. No. Look, I'm just right. trying to defend him a little bit, but I, no, I, look, I, I don't think I can. I do tend to take shots at these teams and riders, which is maybe a little bit unfortunate. Like, they are professional athletes, but. It is a results-driven sport, and sometimes it can be hard to find the results. It must be just all lab testing. They must just all test Unreal in the lab, yeah. and we love blokes like that. Alpi was good in the lab. I was good in the lab. That was, was about it. That was about it. <laughs> That's it. Results, um, results on ki- paper. They've got a Kiwi on the squad. Yes. So That's the thing I did notice about looking at this, yep. this team sheet is it is quite um, multicultural, which seems to be quite a rarity for these well, sort of level teams. We've got a Brazilian, yeah. yep. Portuguese, Polish, British, and New Zealand and a Dutchie, which yep. which is which is interesting. Yep. So I guess moving on to the last two riders on the team, 187, Diego Rubio. Love that name. That's Spanish. A lot of flair to it. Uh, unlike his result sheet, which has zero flair as well. <laughs> he, he got 14th, and this is my favourite race to talk about with these continental teams. 14th uh, on GC for the Presidential Cycling Tour of Turkey in 2017. Gobble, gobble again. <laughs> Brackets was with another team, so it doesn't even count for this team. <laughs> with Kaha Rual. <laughs> with Kaha. Yeah. And then lastly, to uh, bring it right in, is uh, 188, <laughs> Ricardo uh, Viola. 
Um, this bloke, dead set, his top result was 10 years ago and it was second on GC in the Grand Prix du Portugal. So, or Portugal for me. Um, so, Ricardo's really been riding that way from that second place 10 years ago to get a gig <laughs> at the Vuelta this year. Oh, he dragged himself through King High Lake last year, which is an achievement Full in itself. Yeah, it is. That's, is that at the end of the season, King High Lake? Nah, Traditionally, it's a, it's a filthy long. No, it at the well, start? well, this year it was in July. So it's right oh, during the tour. So but he's lucky tour. not to get a gig at the tour. He's unlucky not to get a gig at the tour. Traditionally, it ends your <laughs> season, if not career. Mm, it's who can get through and not get crook. Seems to be someone who will do well on the general. You don't drink the water. If you don't drink water for 14 days, you will win. <laughs> yes. King High Lake. <laughs> uh, All right. Team victories this year. There's been two. Now, neither of those riders are <laughs> at the race this That's year. That's a big surprise, isn't it? You think that you get a win, boom, automatic gig in the yeah. biggest race of the year. Well. What are the other riders thinking? Well, because well, some guy ran 26 at the Tour of Turkey this year. So obviously he's going to get an automatic start because that's 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 the uh, on the general. That's the barometer for pro conti teams. The Tour of Turkey. Like if you can finish top seventy there overall, you're probably deserving of a spot in a Grand Tour. Anyway, moving right along from the Tour of Turkey, interesting fact. Now this is what I was sort of hinting at at the um, start of the uh, the brekkie. According to Pro Cycling Stats, and you can check this, every rider, <laughs> every rider that's at this year's Vuelta is on the way out of the team. <laughs> now, it is either a massive misprint of information or all eight riders from this year's team are leaving next year, according to Pro Cycling Stats. As in there's no contract See, teed up for next all. year. They're out the door. As in they've got, like on pro cycling stats, uh, you can look 2019. At, look at trans, 2019. Quick Quickstep. Does, yep. does any other rider have a contract with the team for next year, though? Is it folding? Mate, no. No, the sponsors are there next year. So so, so the team, to, to confirm, the team is going around again, but it's got uh, six riders currently listed on the squad. So all 23 or younger yeah. signed on. Sponsors aren't in full, doubt. This is a full regroup. Yep. Sponsors. A, yeah, a rebuild. Sponsors aren't going in doubt. To, it's going back to Hobart for three months over summer. Yeah, it's going back for a rebuild. I'm, t- I'm telling you, sponsors aren't going anywhere. The towns have been there for thousands of years, so they'll probably be rolling around for another thousand years. These these pro conti teams in Spain, but anyway, they're f- all their number one guys at the Vuelta this year are not contracted to the team <laughs> for next year. <laughs> so anyway, last chance saloon. That's a good fact, though. Boys. That's a good fact. That is a fun fact. Um, directors. So, actually, bit of a joke here. Uh, what's green and doesn't jump fences? I don't know. Grass. Well, Scotty Murales' team car. Now, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the footage of them just, I don't know, like, obviously didn't have any time. brake sponsors on the team. They've just ploughed straight into the fence. Tommy's referencing his... The podcast before our tour preview did a continental breakfast. On Escardi Marias. On Escardi yeah. Marias. And they are ploughed their team car into a corner on, which I found out. The recce. Ta- yeah, the on recce. the recce. It was not the even re- in the race. No. But it's not. <laughs> They're going <laughs> you, hammer and tong yeah. in the recce. You know what directors are like in the convoy. 
and they just hook in these cars. You just wouldn't want to go near any of these vehicles after a resale of a season, what these directors put it through. What's he th- he was coming from a long way back, so he, he just, must have been going can... quick. And these are these are local streets, and it's not a surprise. Honestly, I don't know what, how there's not more crashes like this to with be, directors. To be fair, you can hear him on the horn from about 300 <laughs> yards out. It's like he's uh, he's about to drive he's about to drive the golf ball into the blokes playing in front of him, and just you know you know what I probably could leave myself a bit more room here, but no, I'm just going to just mischarge the how, corner. How and tight was the corner that he was coming oh, into? It geez, was, was he coming so quick. tight. It was a it was a soft five, maybe edging on like a hard four. It was clearly marked. What like, an idiot! Yeah. Anyway, so I guess relative to the. Um, directors at Burgos BH here's to hoping that they're rally drivers because I could not find any information on these directors <laughs> I think it's run by ghosts <laughs> it's just you know like when football clubs they um, they don't have a coach for a game they let the leadership group you mm. know take the reins choose who's or, playing what positions or play a coach play, play coach play a coach captain Play so they've got someone they're the mechanic someone's doing the rubs after the after the stages they're just going Cost savings um, to get to get through the Valter, but I couldn't find much information on their. Uh, Did their you find out who they were, or you couldn't even find out names? There was one name that was thrown up, but it, nothing on it. But it was a Fagazi, a Faguzi. Mm-hmm. It was it was nothing serious. It was a woozy. It was a wazzy. So I guess um, doping convictions not something we necessarily like talking about, but it's definitely something that's. Um, <laughs> Well, it's become it become deeply embedded in the fabric of the segment, Tom. So I think it has. Yeah, if you've got a team that's ever existed, chances are you've got a doping addiction. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we said last week things have been run and won in court. Definitely a team that's had things run and won in court. <laughs> so December twenty seventeen, and this is all recent too. It's ever since they went pro. Uh, David Balder, who for their for a number of years was their best rider. Uh, was given a four-year ban after testing positive for EPO. So, which Davey, we love, Davey, bad boy, <laughs> naughty. Four years, whack. Mm, well, must, send, him, send him away, lock him up. Well, it didn't maybe help. I, he's probably just honest. He's probably just like you got me, and he got clipped for four years. Yeah, but like, was it even worth it? He didn't even didn't even win anything. He's just doping for nothing. Anyway, last year July, um, Igor Marino tested positive for a growth hormone. So, took it took it an alternate option. He, many ways to skin a cat. We and, know that. Uh, we we know this. Uh, November last year, and this is where it's, <laughs> this is where it's pretty funny. This is my favourite part about this whole entire team. So, 2018, Ibe Salas Salas, anyway, is uh, a convicted uh, drug doper. Was. Um, Handed a four-year doping ban as well for violations of the biological passport, which we know is pretty key to, I guess, controlling all the... Also pretty strict. Very, very strict. Um, But anyway, as a result of this third anti-doping violation in a 12-month period, (laughs) the team got suspended. (laughs) So the The team... The whole team got suspended. Wiped out. Form from racing. I think they get it's a ten. Vaguely remember this last doping from one three in twelve months from one guy. No, no, three different guys on the one team. It's not good numbers, Alex. No, that's not good numbers. (laughs) I was trying. I was trying to go in for that bat for them then, but I soon backed myself out. You get a team of fifteen in the pro conti ranks. That's one in five a doping that have been convicted. 
So run yeah, the it's, 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 from not, there. it's not it's not good stats. But anyway, this is the best bit about this entire team. Um, <laughs> during his period of suspension, Burgos BH uh, taught ethics classes. Amazing. Yes. Now is this a report? Is this is this an article? This is 100% serious, and I could not believe this when I read this. Do you have a peer-reviewed journal article to cite this, Tom? <laughs> Shoot me. Shoot me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty certain <laughs> that when they took these ethics classes, they were run by team doctors, so nothing sus there, <laughs> but also to bring a more holistic approach <laughs> to the ethics in cycling, they got a priest on the team camp. And he followed, <laughs> he followed him around for the camp, teaching ethics during a suspended suspension period. A team, you no, couldn't, you whole, couldn't, you couldn't make so, that up. So the whole team got suspended. So anyway, go anyway, on the kit. This will be good kit. So uh, pretty you, straightforward. I've always dragged these teams through the mud for their shit kits, effectively. Um, Burgos BH. Purple and red sleeve, nothing exciting. I'm not going to go on about it. It's a weird colour palette. <laughs> but um, it kind of looks like the kit you get when you enter a charity bike race. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, you, know, you, like, you pay 50 bucks and you get like a jersey that only fits around your waist and the rest of it is like... You just, Baggy ass. You might, as well, you might as well be wearing like, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's the kind of colour palette though that fits with a charity ride. Dead set. Like who chooses purple and red unless it's for a charity course? Because quite honestly... Like these blokes choose them. Anyway, I've dragged these teams. I'm not going to do it this week. Have a look. It, it's let us let us know your opinion on the kit. Yeah, terrible. Would you buy anyway. it? Uh, metaphor. So, <laughs> metaphor for this team. I had to think about this one because they're um, they've had like going through the results list. There's usually like one rider who had like some pretty decent results like five, ten years ago. You know what I mean? And they're still kicking around. There's like a, a yes. 32-year-old, 33-year-old who rode for Movie Star or rode for a, even like a, I don't know, a CC back in the day or something. I don't know. Someone who... No, you mean. Got, a, got themselves a world to top three yeah, the, or, a stage, or a stage, stage win in 2012. Um, so looking through the results, like it was even hard to find um, that... Because like half of like half of this team have either been a part of Movie Star, like before they join Movie Star, or when they leave Movie Star, and then need a team. Like that's literally what this team has been um, based around. Now, the metaphor that I <laughs> came up with was that they are the equivalent of the Guatemalan soccer team. Go on. They're, due to their location, <laughs> they have to play in a really good qualifying league just based on purely where they are, right? So Brazil's in that same sort of region. Argentina's there. Like, there's some pretty world-class athletes coming out of there, some pretty world-class teams, like a lot of money, a lot, lot, lot going on. Uh, and they tend to take the piss in those, like, South American competitions where they have the Campbell, you know, the... There's the the yeah, the same as the Euros, the Copa, yeah, Copa Libertadores, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, that's the club competition, but yeah, you know, e- yeah. etc. Cetera, et cetera. Yeah, you know, you know, soccer. Yeah. yeah. So basically, <laughs> I, I know my sport. Yeah. So basically, Burgos BH fall into the same category as Guatemala, in that it's a bit like unfortunate that they're not like 
I don't know, if they were a Malaysian team, they'd probably do all right. But um, they're right in the heart of Spanish cycling region and their guys just are just getting smashed. Like, if you're Bangladesh, you're the Bangladesh soccer team, you're not too stressed about soccer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're not going out there to win, you're going out there to have fun. The unfortunate part is these guys, like Guatemala, they want to actually win, make it, qualify for the FIFA World Cup, but they're going up against Argentina and Brazil, so they've just got... They got no hope, basically. Yeah, I don't mind that. Yeah. So, um, tough gig, but uh, hey, someone's got to do it. They need the riders. So, <laughs> um, Now, alumni, I normally get on this a little bit earlier, but this is actually pretty interesting because I actually came across some, some good stuff here. So, Carlos Verona, yep. once rode for this team, is a very established... Good rider. Um, so yep. Very, very good. Good rider. And this one was a name that I had not heard in five years, I reckon, which mightn't seem like a And long it must time, be a big name for you to recognise the name. Because I did not really take much note. When I was overseas riding, I didn't take much notice of anything. Anything. Really. Um, you just couldn't wait to get home, could you? Basically. Well, multi, not necessarily. Multiplex. No. KHS construction. Multiplex wasn't on the, uh, on that the was, scene. I just, was just a... Uh, he was just a young cadet, still chipping it. away in the books. That's it. Look at All him right. now. You ready? You ready for this name? <laughs> Silvio Herklotz. <laughs> really? No. no, he didn't. Last year, was signed up with Burgos B. Last year? Yep. Now, a bit of background wow, for everyone yeah, listening. Give, give, this will, not many people really know who he is. So Silvio Herklotz was like a German sensation. He was... He was, he one, was of the, superstar. one of the best under-23 riders And the biggest the prodigy world. to come out of the under-23s. Dead set. Absolute under-23 hero. So, I'm, well, I was pretty sure we used to race this bloke, and I actually can confirm that. So he was with Team Stoltling, which is a genuine German Conti team. Like, that's actually... Actual a, Conti. That's an actual continental team. <laughs> as opposed <laughs> to which <laughs> that you have not actually gone on to yet. <laughs> going both above and below yeah, that level. Correct. So he ended up... Um, with Bora Development and then riding with Bora Hansgrove. But he actually retired last year. Yeah, he did. So it seems to be like a German fad at the minute, like promising German cyclists just just racking it, which is fair enough. But he won in his prime the Tour of Alsace. He almost ran a drama at the Czech Cycling Tour, which is a hard race to win because that's with the big boys. Uh, and he won Rex Schiotto in 2014. Now... This is where it gets interesting because I can actually relate for the first time in this entire podcast. Robbie Power ran second that year. Mentos, you got 27th. Which we love. And I was, was it 2014? 2014. I don't think you weren't on the results list, Campbell, but I thought you raced. He's probably around the world tour by then. No, no, no 2014 I was, was there, the year 2014. I was there. No, I definitely raced. Um, must have been a DNF. We mm. were t- we were tearing shreds off that race early. You were, because I think you, that were, was in the, you were in the break. When Caleb was, ah, won. that was 2013. That is correct. You were in the break that year, I believe. Anyway, I was a DNF, which was which very DNF. unsurprising to read. Thomas that. Hamilton. <laughs> there it is in the pro cycling stats. <laughs> Brad Linfield, I think, had a cold that day as well. So he was DNF. His career was done already at that point. His head was elsewhere. His, his tonsils sort of <laughs> they must have weighed like a ton of bricks. Um, but so that was just it was just interesting. That was the first time. I guess with any of these teams, we've actually recognised someone that we, I guess, came up through the ranks with. But more, more and also with. interesting how good he was and how much hype he was, how much yeah. hype there was around him. Yeah, her clots, like he even had like a good name. 
He was a bit of a rock star. He had he was a good looking guy. He had yeah. the sharp German yeah. haircut. Always like dragged. Said, he dragged his missus to every race. Did like, he? Yes, I remember seeing her <laughs> and just going like, she'd be the only Sheila there, like within like a hundred k's of a bike race. Like, who wants to go watch a bike race? Anyway, uh, he was just like an absolute star. Yes. So like, this, this bloke went to the bar. Went to the barber every Wednesday. He plays for AC Milan or something. Yeah. Like, mate. And you're right, the name Silvio Herklotz is a baller name. He probably just went on to do bigger and better things in his life. We'll have to, we'll have to get him in now. He's probably got a bit of time on his hands. I might approach him on Twitter. <laughs> hey, mate, just doing a bit of background on your time at Burgos. Remember me? Remember me? Uh, no, yeah. Remember I got a DNF. That, 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 uh, that, that, is, that is a really good stat, though, Thomas. Thanks. Mm, that I, is good. I couldn't believe that. So, anyway, summary. Summary. Make it quick. They... Um, they're probably not going to do much this year, but I'm, are they not in the KOM jersey right now? You know what, they might be, <laughs> but you know what's made more headlines? Escardi Maria's thrashing their team car into the fence <laughs> during during warm ups for a team time trial. This is what they're going to be at. <laughs> dead set. These guys will probably end up just driving the car off the side of one of these <laughs> these mountains <laughs> to get a bit more attention, because that's what they, that's what they're uh, staring down the barrel of. Just a quick one, you are right. He, they are currently in the KOM jersey, which you were saying all through the tour, Albie, that it's a massive thing to have. You're on the, the yeah. front of the grid every day. And it's Anguel uh, Madrazo, who looks like he works in IT. <laughs> <laughs> he is running the he is running the uh he is running the, the Oculus in the team photo. He's uh working in IT at Ernest and Young. Um you can continue the summary. So to summarise the summary <laughs> I think look out for these guys, obviously in breakaways, but that doesn't mean anything. They've got a KOM jersey, but it's not. They're right. They're racing. But it's not the polka dot jersey. Like I don't even know what color the. It's it's blue blue and white. White. It's polka dots. It's not purple. That's all that matters. Um, Yeah, he's probably loving life in the fact that he's not wearing a purple and red jersey right Mm, now. He's on the front. He's on the front of the line at the start of each stage. He gets he gets his name up in lights. Full credit. Spanish boy too. So be. Big name. Probably ride through his hometown. Mm. Uh, everyone will be asleep. No one will get to see him, but that's <laughs> all right. Um, just a nut. Again, sorry. He, he, these teams, Campbell, there's just so much, isn't He there? was <laughs> Castapan, um, the movie star, set up for four years. So this is, you're talking about... Kajaharal too, like he's... You're talking about Anguel? Anguel right? Madrazo. Yeah, so he yep. rode with Castapan, movie star, and Kaharul. Mm. So he's been around for a long time. But um, anyway, look out for him in the... Uh, 2020 edition of the Miguel of the Grand Primo Miguel Indurain because that's his favourite race when he's not in the King of Mountain jersey he's dreaming <laughs> about the Grand Premio Miguel Indurain um, so bring back the glory days for uh, Madrozo he, he loves it uh, thanks boys I'll wrap it up probably gone on a bit too long thanks there. Tommy thanks Tom thanks Campbell thanks to Matt just quickly, looking for a naming right sponsor for the segment. Yeah, if anyone wants to put their name against this, you're more than welcome. Thinking Tip Top, Vegemite, something <laughs> along those lines. Have we got any corporate listeners who are feeling generous? Bushel, Bushel's Tea would be good. Silent bidding, is it, Tom? Silent bidding. We already have one We already have one on the cards, don't we? The old man will be uh, <laughs> sponsoring next week's segment. Um, and... It's a pretty cheap offering, so <laughs> we can uh, we can so move on not, from it's there. It's not top dollar by all means, but it'll get there. It will. Thanks to Map again for all their support. We'll see you back at the social club next time.